0: Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. This is uh, number four in our "Who Do You Think You Are" series. I got to confess something to you. Sometimes when I get ready to do these series, I'm not really sure how they're going to be received. And if I'm totally honest with you, sometimes I go into one and I think, "All right, this one's just going to be kind of run-of-the-mill. It's not going to be all that great." And Um, then I'm surprised by how things hit you. And it has nothing to do with how I say it or me being a good preacher or anything like that. It has to do with your station in life and what God wants to say to you on any given day. And when those two things kind of collide and God decides to speak directly to you uh, through something that gets said or something that happens here, and in this case I'm talking about the sermon series, um, it, it's always just kind of cool for me to, to know that, and, and and it's humbling at the same time. I, I, If you know me very well at all, you know I don't take a whole lot of credit for how good these sermons are, because I'm not writing them. So, um, uh, But I've had people in the last week, numerous people, I mean more than just two or three, tell me that last week's message was very important to them. When I preached it, I thought, surely people know this, but apparently not and uh... it's just been it's been a, really a nice surprise for me so today we're gonna talk about another one but before we get into that i ha- i have a, a video to show you but i need to set this video up a little bit we baptized lauren branham which is uh... uh brad and jans daughter last week and if you stuck around for tacos uh, tracy's terrific tacos um, then then you you got a chance to see that video uh, or you got a chance to see the, the baptism, and if you know us very well, you know that we always video the baptisms. Well, we had the video camera ready to go, we we're getting ready to baptize Lauren, and the battery died. Well, that just won't do around here. We have to have video of the baptism, <laughs> just the way it is. So um, I don't know who it was. It might have been Ryan. Grabbed his cell phone and just turned the video camera on on his cell phone. So what you're going to see is cell phone video of the baptism. But I submit to you that's better than no video at all, am I right? So enjoy Lauren's Baptism. Jesus was often criticized for eating with sinners and tax collectors, and it's interesting to me that they broke out tax collectors from sinners, Uh, but they did. That's how bad tax collectors were. If you were a tax collector, they hated you. Um, The Pharisees didn't like either sinners or or tax collectors, and he was fond of saying that he came not for the healthy but for the sick. You, you, You know, you see that in the Bible where Jesus said that, which is just a a great line and it sure does make me feel good because I know that lots of times I am sin sick I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance but I came to call the sinner to repentance I don't know how many times in the course of my life as a believer and especially my life in ministry which you know I used to think I hadn't been in ministry that long but I can't really say that anymore I've been doing this since 1986 uh, full-time and so I've had my share and seen my share of churches and preachers and, and ministry settings and things like that, and I've I've had enough experiences to know that there are times that preachers get uh, criticized for things unjustly, sometimes very justly, but, but uh, sometimes very unjustly. And one of the things I've heard some preachers criticized for are the places they will go or the places they'll be seen. And, you know, if, if they're seen in a place... Um, which is interesting everybody else is allowed to go to but the preacher's not you know that's that's always been kind of interesting to me but I've I've heard preachers say well you know he goes where I've heard people say well that preacher goes where sinners hang out he's he's at the places where the you know those bad people are hanging out and he shouldn't be there and uh, you know why is he hanging out with people like that well that that's exactly what they said about Jesus Uh, and instead of those people criticizing their pastor what they really ought to do is say you know what Praise God for us that we have a pastor that's willing to look like Jesus And willing to be like Jesus and willing to act like Jesus But i've heard an awful lot of people criticize Preachers for being at places maybe that they didn't think they should be in fact when I went to johnson bible college um, my first uh, Year in what we called homiletics class. I had junior homiletics It's interesting. We had junior homiletics and then we had senior homiletics and when I got to senior homiletics, my professor said, Everything that Dr. Inyert taught you last year, forget it. <laughs> and, they, and they taught us a whole new way to preach. But in junior homiletics, I was taught how to do illustrations, and I was taught how to set up sermons, and how to do propositional prepositional statements, and how to you know, tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then tell you, and then tell you what I told you, and all that kind of stuff. Well, Dr. Inyert was really big on um, illustrations, and he wanted us to have an illustration box. Um, full of illustrations And so I, you know, he said by next Friday You've got to have 50 illustrations on index cards In your illustration box And you've got to bring it to class And you're going to give us your top 10 Well I'm, you know, I'm racking my brain all week Trying to come up with 10 illustrations And one of the illustrations that I came up with Was that the smell of a whiskey cork Is sweet You know it's got that sweet kind of smell to it and I was kind of, I had, that was one of my, I thought that was one of my top ten. And I was, you know, I was going to talk about how, you know, sometimes sin is, is a, it looks sweet, but then when you get into it, it's kind of bitter and it can be bad. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling this to some friends of mine. And some little girl said, she, it should have been a precursor because I, I should have seen this coming. She said, why would you be smelling a whiskey cork? But am I right? We've probably all smelled a whiskey cork. I mean, I don't even drink. I've never been a drinker, don't like it, but I've smelled a whiskey cork. Sure enough, I turned them in and I got in trouble because I had used an illustration of a whiskey cork. But I promise you, in the world, if you use that illustration, people in the world will understand that. And sometimes we're we're so holy and we're so righteous that we are no earthly good to anybody. We're so heavenly that on earth we're kind of messed up and so I don't know there's a whole sermon right there I probably should stop and fix that but I'm not gonna I got a text last night from my brother it said mom and dad are on the deck mom and dad are on deck now that means a lot to me uh, because my brother's deck is a very special place to me I've told you about my brother and his neighborhood he lives in this neighborhood they're all um, 40-somethings, they all have little kids uh, running around, neighborhood's just full, there's a cul-de-sac and my brother is kind of like he, his house is the, is the social hub of the neighborhood, and because he's the life of the party, and so whenever it's okay to come to Scott's Deck, he throws the, the garage door up that's the sign that if you want to come to Scott's Deck, it's open If the garage door's down, leave us alone. If the garage door's up, come on to the deck, which means you better really be paying attention to whether your garage door's up or down or else you're going to have company. But I love being over there on a Friday night when that garage door is up and Scott's friends start coming to the deck. And beer flows. And they smoke. And And there's foul language and there's every possible thing you can imagine being talked about and the music is on and it's just it's just Scott and his friends hanging out having a good time and there I am in the middle of it and sometimes we have conversations about life and just kids and stuff like that and nothing spiritual really happens and then once in a great while they'll figure out hey there's a pastor here let's ask him And we'll start getting into this discussion. I I can't tell you how much I love that. I can't tell you how much I love being in those settings. Um, In fact, I find that those are the most genuine people on the planet. Um, This is a great church, and I love this church, and I'm going to say something that I would not say so much about this church, but it's been my experience in life that the people who have hurt me the most are Christians. I don't know if that's true in your life or not, but in mine, the, 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 sometimes the more spiritual they look, you better watch out because they 're the ones that'll stab you in the back, not so much here because we're good people here but i've I, trust me i 've been around some Christian people uh, that have have hurt, and so i I, I had this comfort level when i 'm on deck with scott i 'm not at the least bit nervous i'm i 'm you know watching i 'm listening i I'm, I'm, I study these people and i 'm trying i 'm looking for an opportunity that 's kind of where we 're going today because the whole point of this series I've been saying this over and over when you know who you are you will know what to do who do you think you are it would been cool if we could have started this with a a, a canvas and said and asked each one of you and and allowed you to answer that question before we got started who do you think you are you probably would have given me what the opening video said I'm a fireman I'm a policeman I'm a you know I'm a teacher I'm a I work at a bank you know you would probably identify it with your profession but hopefully what you're beginning to see is that you're so much more than that. And God, um, I'm going to say expects more. I don't mean that in a harsh way. But he, he really desires for you to get some things that maybe you don't always get. And, and, and maybe in some of those circles, maybe if you were on deck, you might be a little intimidated. You might think, man, these people, they, they don't walk with Jesus. And if I talk about Jesus, it's just going to drag this whole conversation downhill. That has not been my experience whenever I have had those conversations on deck Um, Strategic about it absolutely You want to be careful how you say things sometimes of course you do But if you know who you are you will know what to do and when you know You are salt and light which is where we're going today You will live your life in such a way you'll live your life with purpose You'll live your life looking for the opportunity to help that one person or that group of people and when you're on deck and it's your turn you'll know what to do let me remind you if you're a christian that you are a divine influencer in this world jesus said you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world and that is a huge massive statement that's big you're not just the salt of your community You're not just the light in this city. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I want you to realize this morning who you are in Christ so that you will know what to do. Jesus said it this way. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled. Underfoot. You are the salt of the earth. Now, what in the world does it mean to be salt of the earth? In the context into which Jesus was speaking at the time, his listeners would have known that salt was the second most valuable commodity on the planet. At the time Jesus is speaking, salt was considered the second most important thing you could have. You know what number one was? Sun. That's number one. Right underneath that was salt Because of what it could do Because of how it could be used now before our day of modern conveniences and refrigerators and freezers uh, salt had all kinds of of uses In fact in ancient rome and some of you may know this You ever heard the expression? He's not worth his salt You ever heard that you know where that comes from in the ancient rome? They used to pay people with salt. It was so valuable that it could be used like money. And so you, if you were contracted out sometimes, sometimes when at the end of the day what you got paid with was salt. That's where we get the expression, he's worth his salt or he's not worth his salt. did means he, just, he, didn't, he didn't measure up to what he was supposed to be. Jesus said, that's what you are. You're, you're salt. Now, he's not talking about, well, there's salt of the earth. When we hear the word salt, the, the the phrase salt of the earth, we think, well, he's a good old boy. You know, salt of the earth is just he's just a good old boy. Well, what Jesus is saying is you're not a, a good old boy. You're you're a bad old boy that was changed by a really good God. And because of that transformation, you should now be a divine change agent in the world, a Christ-empowered influencer to this world. Now let's think for just a minute about what salt does. I'm going to give you five things that salt does. Salt first of all preserves. Salt preserves. If you're a Christian, you should be a divine preserver. Helping people to find eternal life, helping them to to positively preserve their soul. Number two, it's a purifier. Salt purifies. In a very impure world, you should be the purifier. When you walk into a discussion, the level of purification should go up. When you walk into a room, things should be, get, be improved. That would be the goal. It, it creates thirst. Do you ever watch Cheers? You watch Norm come into Cheers? What's the first thing he did when he came into Cheers? Usually they would, they would all say, Hi, Norm. Remember that? He would, he would kind of waddle to his seat at the end of the bar. But he would always reach up and grab some nuts, right? Always nuts on the counter. I, I don't go to a lot of bars. I'm not in a lot of bars. Maybe I should. I'd be more like Jesus. But but, am I right that there's something like that at the bar usually? Why do they do that? They do that to create a thirst. That salt creates a thirst so that you'll buy more. You'll order more beer. As a Christian, when you're so full of God's transforming Love you will create a divine thirst in other people the attitude the goal would be that 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 you would live your life in such a way that you would create this Idea in people of you know, watch them. They're different They they respond differently. They act differently. They 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 talk differently and i'm not necessarily talking about being better than and i'm not talking about um, you know, just just uh, uh you know, just Unbelievable moral character, which is certainly something to aspire to. I'm just talking about just being the kind of person that is Filled with God's Spirit so that people get life from you You know some people when they walk into a room they drain the life of the room you ever been around someone like that? It's like oh here they come you know And then there's other people when they walk in the room lights up You know that would be the goal for a Christian is that just by your presence just by the Spirit of God in you that it just kind of lights up the room salt creates thirst number 4 salt melts <clears throat> i am amazed every year when i walk out in the middle of winter and there's ice all over the place and i go get rock salt and i throw it on the places where we walk and i come back in just a few very few minutes and the ice is gone that that i'll never get over that i just think that's the coolest thing i mean i Some people maybe have to be motivated to salt the walk not me because I just think it's cool to watch ice melt I mean, I'm a simple man. I really am a simple man (laughs) Salt trucks on the highway. I mean we all love salt trucks on the highway, right get the ice gone As a christian as an influencer as someone with the spirit of god you, You should have the kind of warmth it just melts people. I've been around some Christians and and it's like being around the ice king or the ice queen. You know, it's just not pleasant. They, they, they either they think they're way better than everybody else or or they you know they don't have time for anybody else because they're praying. And and they're just not warm. And a non-believer, I have to think, would look at someone like that and say, you know, if that's what Jesus does to your heart, count me out. I I don't want that salt melts and 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 you know if you're a salty christian one of the things that i would hope happens for you is that when you're around people with hardened hearts that the love of jesus just begins to melt their hardened heart finally salt heals you've gone to the ocean and you've had a maybe a cut or a we call them a boo-boo on our knee And you go into that water and it stings a little bit But you notice something after a couple of days It starts to get better It starts to heal up Why is that? Because that salt acts as a healing agent In the same way, filled with God's spirit You can be a healing agent to the world There are certain people that you work with Or go to school with Or that you know That you can bring healing to bear on situations You can bring healing to bear on relationships Maybe in your own home, maybe in your own family, but, but certainly in the world. I mean, that's one of the things God wants from us is he wants us to move about and to change the way things happen in the world to make the place a better place. That's what salt did. That's what salt does. That's what we should do. That's what Jesus was after when he said, you are the salt of the earth. He also said in, in Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house he was talking into the context of a palestinian home they did not have big lighters you know it wasn't easy to just make a fire Uh, fire was something back then that you had to preserve you had to make sure that it it was taken care of and so one of the things that they would do if they were going to Um, You know most of those houses didn't have a whole lot of windows And so as the sun went down it would get really dark. They would get their their light their lamp lit And then if they happened to need to go out after dark, which I doubt happened a whole lot But if they did they would take a bowl and this bowl had a hole in the middle of it at the bottom They would take that bowl They would put it over the lamp so that the wind would not run the risk of blowing it out and it would dim the light because they weren't going to be there they didn't need it and so it was just a way for them to give a little extra protection to the light when they would come back into their home they would take the bowl off and it would illuminate the rest of the room he's saying when you're in the house you don't put the bowl on and cover up the light no one wants to do that you want to be able to see what's going on and so he says you know in in very like manner don't cover up the light christians don't cover up your light you're a light of the world don't Don't put a bowl over it. In fact, in verse 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are a light of the world. The world needs salt because it's impure. The world needs light because it's dark. I know. I know. Some of you work in really dark places. Some of you work around people that, that, that think that the church would fall down if they came to our church. Some of you leave the light of a service like this, and tomorrow morning when you go to work, or tonight maybe, if you go to a factory or something like that, you, you would say, Brett, you have no idea the darkness I'm walking into. Oh, yes, I do. I've worked in those places. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to hear the language. I know what it's like to... There's a prevailing attitude. It's almost like this pall that hangs over where you work, right? It's like it's there all the time. And, And you would say, Brett, I can come here and I can feel so uplifted. And then when I walk into that place, it's just like this spirit comes on. That's a dark place. And it's waiting for you to shed light on it. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world When you know who you are You will know what to do because you are a light You don't run from the darkness You know I don't I I love the movie toy story One of the reasons I love that movie is because It did something that I did as a kid I gave voice to my toys All my toys could talk And so you know I As a a five year old No I'll say as a ten year old As a ten year old I could have been a rich man two ways. First of all, I could have conceived of the movie Toy Story because all my toys talk. But I also, at 10 years old, I had the first idea for inline skates, and I'll go to my grave (laughs) believing that. I used to think, man, if we put those in a line, that'd be really cool. I was 10. I was a genius. I was just a genius. (laughs) But if you could talk to a flashlight and, and get the flashlight to talk and say... You know would you rather be out here in the light or would you rather be turned on in the darkness? I think the the flashlight would say well I feel useful When i'm in the dark and I get turned on that's when I would feel useful. I don't it does me no good to be out in this light We all like to feel useful We all like to feel like we're doing something good for somebody So a flashlight wouldn't run from the dark a flashlight would say no Let me light up the darkness that's the beautiful thing about light. It doesn't take a whole lot. One little match can give a, an awful lot of light in a pitch black room. Light is never afraid of the darkness. Light lights it up. It may not be super brilliant, but it's, it gives some light to the room. Because your salt, don't run from the impurities that you see. Don't, don't say, well, you know, I need to leave that job because... There's just, there are no Christians there. Well, you know what? If there are no other Christians there besides you and you leave, guess what? What hope do they have? So instead, wake up every morning and think to yourself, you know what? (laughs) I'm salt and light. And I'm going to go in today and I'm going to bring light to that very dark place. I'm going to bring healing and I'm going to bring salt and I'm going to purify that very unpure place. who you are that's what god wants you to be if you're a christian you are a a christ empowered influencer you are a difference maker you say well i I don't like it it doesn't matter whether you like it or not that's who you are i need to learn more bible i don't i don't know enough forget that you know jesus allow jesus to shine through you take jesus to the people you work with and interact with you are the light of the world you are the salt of the earth i want to give you two motivating statements this morning and then we'll be done to help you figure out how to be salt of the earth and light of the world first thing i'd say is this as the light we are going to learn to let our light shine that's it's a mindset You know, as a Christian, you you shouldn't have to force your light to shine. I mean, I don't even know what that looks like. You know, you you go into work and you go, someone walks up to you and you're going, what's wrong with you? I'm letting my light shine. Is it bright? That's not, that shouldn't be how it is for you. It should just be this natural thing. If Jesus is alive and at work in your soul, you should illuminate any room you walk into. When Jesus is doing his thing inside of you. You have to be aware of it. You have to to realize, you know, God's with me. As I go into this place, God's with me. And I'm going to be a difference maker. You, You shine like that because of who God is and what he's done in you. I tell you this all the time. You don't need to call me when you want to lead one of your friends to Jesus. All you need to do is tell them what Jesus has done in your life that's all you need to do it doesn't I'm you know it's not like well we're gonna this guy's ready to come to Jesus we better get bread in here Well, forget that you know it's I mean like I'm the professional hitman like okay here he comes you're going down brother the preacher just showed up no just tell him what Jesus has done in your life he's illuminated your life he's changed it he's come in he's rearranged Mike Yakinally, I've used this phrase this week in a, in a meeting. Mike yakinally has gone on to be with Jesus now, but he's the first person i ever heard use the phrase, Jesus wrecked my life. Jesus ruined my life. And he, he meant it in a good way. You just let it shine. In Acts 16, there's a story of two guys. And go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 16. Two guys whose salt and light kind of living impacted anybody that they were close to. Uh, they just these these guys just um they no matter where they went they changed things i was in camp with people like that when i we used to do church camp um and I had, i've met all kinds of people and and i've done all kinds of church camps and i never failed it seemed like every week there was just a couple of guys or a couple of gals that that they just they just changed the whole tenor of any room that they were in and people loved them and they were fun and They were they they were they loved jesus. just and and I I get the impression that that paul and silas were kind of like that They had been transformed by christ Their their lives had been changed miraculously Transformed and everywhere they went they told people about jesus the authorities didn't like it a whole lot And so what happened was they would preach they would tell people about jesus people would get all excited And and uh, the, the authorities would come and say no you have to stop this. You can't do this Well, they didn't stop and so that what would happen is they would get arrested and they'd get beaten and then they'd get released And then they'd preach some more and they'd get arrested and they'd get beaten and then they'd get released And they just would not stop preaching telling people about jesus And the bible says that they were stripped flogged Put into prison and their legs were put into stocks Now typically if you're like me and you read scripture and you read something like that, you have a tendency to think, oh, they they had a bad day. (laughs) All that happened to them, they had a bad day. But I, I want you to pause for a moment, and I want you to think about how bad this day was when they got stripped and beaten and flogged and put in stocks. First of all, they were put in front of a public setting and had all their clothes taken off of them. Think of the humiliation, embarrassment that would accompany that. Then they were beaten. Most likely, when you read the word flogged, what that's talking about is the cat-of-nine-tails that we talked about several weeks ago. 39 lashes with an instrument designed to rip the flesh off your body. Then they were put into a dungeon, dark, dank, cold, rodents in it probably, nasty, stunk, feces and urine i mean just not a pleasant environment at all for anybody after you've been beaten after you're bleeding when you're hurting then when they put your feet in stocks what they would do is they would spread your legs as far apart as they possibly could and they would lock them in and then they would sit you on your bottom on the floor what this was designed to do was to induce cramps in your in your hips if you ever you know what i'm talking about that that feeling when you've been sitting like that—maybe in my instance, it's folding laundry. You should see me trying to get up off the floor after I folded laundry, doing that, and it hurts in my hips. And they would lock these guys into these stocks with their buttocks on the floor, in that position, and and it would the the cramps would begin to set in. It was designed to torture these men. So this really is 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 it's more than just a bad day. Okay, this is a really really bad day so i want us to stop and figure out okay they they really were mistreated so at the end of this really bad day what do you suppose paul and silas are doing the scripture says verse six uh, chapter 16 verse 25 about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the other prisoners were listening to them it's amazing to me they were praying and singing why Because that's who they were This wasn't an act This wasn't I bet they didn't have a meeting and say hey you know what I think there's some Christians over there And I bet they'd be really impressed if we started singing right now Spiritual songs Let's have a Bible study Well I can't, can't really reach my Bible right now But what if we just start quoting these passages That we've got memorized That's not what this was This is two men who were so full of the Spirit of God whose lives had been changed, miraculously transformed. And I would argue that your life has been miraculously transformed. When I say that, don't think, well, that only happens to Bible people. No, it's happened to you. Your life has been miraculously transformed. And because it has, the effect that you can have on others is different than it was before you knew Jesus. And so these guys... They're, they're in this setting and, and because of what God has done in their life they're different, they're changed and they are not, you know woe is me and life's horrible that's not what they're doing this was simply who they wa- were and because this is who they were they let their light shine think about the moon for a minute you ever walk out a lot of times when I look at the moon I'll, I hear um, was it was it Fievel? somewhere out there is that a Fievel movie I hear that music I hear Linda Ronstadt sing somewhere out there and sometimes I walk out and I see the moon and it's so pretty it's so bright and it's putting off all this tremendous light There's, there are nights that it's just so beautiful so beautiful but let's get technical for a moment shall we is the moon bright no What's the moon doing? The moon is reflecting the sun. In your case, it's S-O-N. That's what you do every day of your life. You reflect the sun. You are the moon. And your job is to take the light of the sun and reflect it to whatever part of the world you're in so that people look at you and go, man, you're so, that's so pretty. That's that's beautiful. I mean, we've all at some time in our life Walked out and seen the moon and thought man, It just, it just stopped us in our tracks And look at that That's beautiful Well, that would be the goal for you tomorrow That would be the goal today That would be the goal when you, when, you, when you sit down over lunch today When we beat the Baptist this morning At lunch And your waitress or your waiter ha- Has got gobs of people Yelling and screaming at them you want to be the table that he or she says, oh, I want to go back to that table because they're so nice. They're so kind. They're so easy. They're, 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 there's something about that table. You want to be the moon. You want to reflect the light of the sun. You might not be that bright on your own. <laughs> i let you fill in your own pun right there. But you simply reflect the sun. How many of you grew up in church? Let me see a show of hands. How many of you grew up in church singing camp songs and BBS songs? Okay. We used to sing this little song, and if you know this song, sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Then we went to the second verse, and it was, hide it under a bushel? No. No right i'm going to let it shine see it doesn't change it doesn't change from the time when you're a little boy or a little girl and they teach you you let your light shine it doesn't change hide it under a bushel no no that's not who we are that's not what we're about that's not what that's not what being a christian is about so that you could say with paul i am not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ ever Ever, Now I've been around some guys that are not ashamed in times when I have been. I've been around some guys at times when they were very bold and they made me feel awful because I was not as willing to be as bold as they were. Paul would say, you know what, I'm just going to confess something to you. I am not ashamed of the gospel, and I'll tell you anywhere, anytime, anyhow... Who jesus is that's just who I am. I can't help it. That was that was paul's whole attitude Paul would say I would never put a bowl over my light Hide it under a bushel. No Paul would say you're going to know who I stand for you're going to know what I believe in You're going to know what has happened to my life. You're going to know there's been a change in me I couldn't shut up about this if my life depended on it His life did depend on it and he couldn't be quiet Then there's the third verse of that song. Do you remember it? Won't let Satan it out. Now, did you really sing blow? I mean, they always taught us to blow it out, right? Let me tell you something. If your light has gone out, one of two things has happened. You've hidden it under a bowl or a bushel or you've let Satan blow it out. That's one of the two things that has happened to your light. If your light is not shining every day, then you've either hid it under a bushel or you've allowed Satan to blow it out. Let it shine. Anywhere, all the time. That's who you are. You are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. My favorite thing about pastoring this church, without question, well, first of all, My favorite thing is seeing people baptized. That's my favorite thing. close second to that is when we have new people come to church. Generally, when it's someone that isn't a believer. I get excited about transfers, but not anything like, I mean, my whole world lights up when I think we've got someone who doesn't know Jesus, who's come to our church and entrusted themselves to us and said, you know what, I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to come. And then I get a chance to talk to them. And I'll say things like, you know, how did you find us? How did, how did you come to know about Cross Lane? Or how did how are you here? What, what, what brought you here? And I hear things like this. Well, I know so-and-so. I work with them. And they're such good people. They just have this thing about them, and I can't even describe what it is. But I said to myself, you know what? If that's what I want to look like and be like, I want to go to church where they go to church. And so that's why I came to Cross Lane. I can't tell you how... My whole spirit lights up when I hear any whiff of that going on in this church. And it happens. You guys get complimented. You get talked about. There are people watching you. I have people all the time tell me, I, you know, I know so-and-so. And I'll say, yeah, they're good people, aren't they? Yeah, they're really good people. You should see them at work. And it just it just fills my soul. It's, it's, it's by far one of my... Favorite things about pastoring this church That's you being salt and light That's not me being salt and light Look, here's the thing I can't go into your job and quote scripture and preach it to everybody I can't do that A. It wouldn't be effective B. They wouldn't let me in there But they let you in there And you don't have to do this It doesn't have to be like this You just go in and you be salt and light Here's what happened with Paul and Silas and them shining their light. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake, in other words, God shows up, that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, you got to get this picture in your head. Paul and Silas are in stocks. They've been beaten. They're, they're bound. They're, they're in jail. This is not good. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose so these stocks come loose off these two guys the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because that was what was going to happen to the jailer because if you if you let people go if people got out of the jail on your watch you got a public execution that's what happened to you so he he's just going to end it himself Because he thought the prisoners had escaped verse 28, but paul shouted don't harm yourself. We are all here That's amazing on several levels i'm just going to tell you if god broke me out of prison. I am gone I'm moving so fast Paul and silas don't leave in fact if I read this right nobody left But you know what in a very real sense today The minute we come to Christ and the minute we get set free, you know what happens a lot of the time? We run. We just flee the scene. We we flee the darkness. We just flee. And God says, that's not why I set you free. I set you free to be salt and light. I set you free to be around captives. I set you free to be a difference maker. Darkness isn't something you run from. It's something you run to to shine your light. Salt is, 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 is thrown on things to purify it. It's not something, you don't run from purity, from, from unpure things. You, you try to bring some purity to it. They said to this guy that they could have easily not liked. I mean, it, it's highly possible they didn't like the jailer a whole lot. They said to him, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. What'd they do? They loved this guy. Just by being there, they loved this guy. And some of you say, well, I want to be salt and light, but I don't know enough yet. I I need to know more. You know what? This is a cliche, and you've heard this probably, but it it really is true. People don't don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've run into a lot of people who know an awful lot, but it doesn't seem like they care a whole lot. When you care you can minister to people in profound ways and these guys loved this guy and and You know, they're saying we're still here and and then this amazing thing happens (laughs) See when you see the darkness as an opportunity to shine when you start seeing your place of employment as an opportunity to shine And not just some place where you have to go work, but you see it as a mission field You see it as the place God has called you to. You see it as the place God says, hey, all this stuff that you're learning on Sunday, this is the laboratory right here. This is where you work this stuff out. You can influence your corner of the world. You can. You have to. And the thing is, a lot of Christians have already reached the conclusion that they can't. you shine into the darkness you are a change agent second thing your salt and light living changes lives that is exactly what happens in Acts 16 paul and silas are still there they stood there and said we're still here verse 29 the jailer called for the lights rushed in and fell trembling before paul and silas he then brought them out and asked and he asks the most beautiful the biggest and most complimentary question that a christian can be asked sirs what must i do to be saved That's the goal. That's what we want. Somebody look at us and say, man, what do I have to do to be like that? I've seen your life. I've seen your faith. I've seen how you respond in tragedy and in hardship. I want to be able to respond the way you've responded. How do I get that? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What Paul and Silas did is they created a thirst. I've seen your God act. I've seen it, now I want it. What must I do? What must I do to have what you have? They replied, verse 31, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Call on him this morning and become an overcomer. Call on him this morning and become a masterpiece. Call on him this morning and become an ambassador. Call on him this morning and become salt and light. You'll never be the same. And here's the deal. When you know him, because I've run into people who know the Bible and don't know him, right? I've had my taste of that. In fact, I've had my taste of that very recently. It leaves a bad, bad taste in your mouth. When you, when you run into people who think they know all about him but don't know him. When you know him, not when you go to church I know a lot of people that go to church and don't necessarily know him But when you know him you will be salt and light you can't stop it. It just happens It just happens Sometimes it takes a long time To be salt and light in someone else's world sometimes it takes a long time to see things change The the elders have a prayer list and and on that prayer list i told you this many many times the first thing we do as an elder group is we we pray by name for lost people it's the first thing we do in every elders meeting and there are names on that list that have been on that list now for years and and you know if you looked at the names you would say you know what that person's never going to come to jesus we don't have that attitude and I would be lying to you if I told you that I never look at the name and think, I don't know why we're doing that. This, isn't, this just isn't working. But then I instantly correct that and say, no, I'm going to continue to pray for this person. I mean, yes, it's getting old. I've prayed for them for five years now, and it doesn't seem like they're any closer to coming to Jesus than they were five years ago. You know what? Sometimes it takes years and years. You look at scripture. You look at a person like Joseph. He prayed for years and years for things to happen. You don't give up. You don't lose sight and you don't lose heart. You keep hammering away. You keep being salt and light. You keep praying for people. You're a change agent. Paul and Silas were in Philippi when this happened and The church got established there many people believe a lot of the scholars believe that the whole reason the church got started in the first place Was because of this incident in the jail That a whole church got started because of what happened in this jail faith overflowing into a church The light of the world the salt of the earth Not just a person who goes to church and 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 believes moral things i'm talking about more than that You're a divine change agent change agent sometimes you're undercover sometimes you have to be very strategic other times you got to be bold and you got to be out there god has created you this is who you are you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world and you have the power to change things let's pray together father we give you thanks for allowing us to participate in this life process for allowing us to to take our shot every day to be a difference maker it's an honor to to be entrusted by you with with the message of the gospel it's an honor to 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 be able to represent jesus and do we do it perfectly all the time no god you're bigger than all that you're you're bigger than our ability to live up to that wonderful beautiful name because it's not really about us it's about him anyway and so lord i pray over our congregation that if we really are serious about bringing people to jesus it starts with us being salt and light and i pray that even in this moment you would begin to change our attitudes about what that looks like for us in our circles and our environments and if we've been timid and if we've shied away and if we've hidden our light under a bushel or we've allowed satan to blow it out i pray lord that you would stir in us a fight and a feistiness and a willingness to say you know what that's not going to be me and like we used to when we were little kids singing that song cry out no i will not hide it under a bushel and i will not let satan blow it out but i will be salt and light god we need your help with that we cannot do it on our own we are so dependent on So in this moment, we ask you to empower us, give us boldness and strength and courage to be salt and light in the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray.